Hi, I'm Brian Levy. I'm a partner at Manchester Living and the host of the Manchester Living Podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care. And there's a lexicon of elder care terms on our website at manchesterlivingpodcast.com. Today, we're talking with uh, two experts who work with families directly to advise them on where to place their loved ones when aging in place is no longer an option. But first, today, we're going to get to today's uh, new and noteworthy. I am not much of a baseball fan, but there's something special about the bond kids have with their grandparents, especially this young champ. So roll the tape. What did you do? So, you know I got two home runs, you right? You two jacks. And then my grand slam, uh, I signed the ball for you. Okay. And, and it the says, date is? Uh, no. I'll put a date down okay. for you. And it says, Papa, I love you. Why did you do that? Because you've taught me everything about baseball. Oh, honey, honey. I'm so sweet. I'll put it right on my... Oh, God, that was so good. Wow, honey. Woo! Try a tear here. There's so much wisdom our youth can learn from our elders. Let's jump in. Today's guest, Cheryl Beaver, Senior Advisor and Placement Specialist with Ruby Care Senior Living Advisors. Thank you for being here. And Paul Markowitz, founder of Senior Living Specialist. Thanks, Thanks for having us. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's first define who you are and what you do. What uh, you are known as an agent or an advisor. What's the proper term, Paul? Sure. Um, so what I like to tell families and consumers and people in the industry that I don't like to be known as an agent. Uh, we are not real estate agents. Uh, what I tell families is that we're advisors, um, and so. You know, when care homes or communities call us agents, it's kind of, to me, it's a little offensive because, again, this is not a real estate transaction. Um, this is somebody's life that we're dealing with. And so what we tell all the families is that we're elder care advisors to help them. Nice. Is there a benefit to working with a locally owned and operated company rather than a franchise or a national operation, Cheryl? Um, I think there is just because um, if you work with companies that are local, those companies have gone in and know the uh, communities that are available. They know the management. They know the quality of care. Um, they know the owners of residential homes. So when you're working with a family as an advisor, which is really a relationship term more than agent, and I think that's why advisors are so important, uh, we're really looking to match the client with the right place. We don't want to do this again. We don't want this family to have to move again. So that's the, the benefit of working with someone local is it's so much more personalized. Mm -hmm. Great. What does the typical family member look like that contacts you? Are you working with adult children? Are you working with the elder, persp elder perspective resident? Who calls you? I would say, and I'm interested to know your answer too, Paul, because we've got a lot of adult children that are uh, I feel like these days that are, um, now that we're past COVID, they've kind of been caring for mom and dad, mm -hmm. just waiting to be able to get them placed. And even when you show or suggest communities, you're, it's really what the adult child is looking for and maybe not what's best for your resident. So a lot of adult children. Um, there are spouses who are at home taking care of their loved one who has dementia due to Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and um they've really been dragging their feet to move and they're finally ready. So maybe we're working with those spouses. The other population that I feel like we're seeing more of is um, the spouses for the younger onset 
uh, Alzheimer's um, who are raising children, working full time, and really overwhelmed about, I can't afford home care, do I do placement? You know, how do, how do I navigate that? So to me, I'm seeing a lot more of that. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that typically what we've always found is that usually it's the female that contacts us, mm -hmm. um, whether it's the daughter, um, the daughter-in-law um, is what we're seeing a lot more often, um, just because perhaps the son or the husband of the daughter um, has a busy life with working maybe full time. And uh, so I, I do find that it usually is the kids that reach out to us, especially coming out of COVID now, you know, with being able to travel from other cities. So for example, if you have a family that's relocating from Pittsburgh, the kids are living in Dallas, it's a lot easier to bring their loved ones here now. Um, you know, obviously with being able to get on an airplane, there, uh, there have been a couple families, unfortunately, that we did help during the pandemic that had to rent private planes. Um, that where they were just in crisis kind of settings. But typically, you know, to answer your question, it's usually the female that reaches out to us and uh, it's a daughter, a daughter-in-law. Um, unfortunately, we are seeing more grandkids reach out to us. Um, and, uh, you know, we've seen it a couple times where unfortunately they're in their 20s and 30s that are reaching out to us because their parents have passed away or subsequently they're the responsible power of attorney for their grandparent. Wow. So, in your line of work, do you guys offer other resources other than placement um, for families that are calling you? Absolutely. This, again, being a senior living advisor, not an agent, to me, it denotes relationship. And in this senior living industry, I feel like it's a very tight, connected industry. And so we have those, we network and have relationships with elder law attorneys and um, uh people who can help apply for veterans aid and attendance benefits, or if someone doesn't know if how long their parents' money is gonna last, then we can match them up with someone who can describe how Medicaid works and that application process works. So that network of resourcing helps us, even if someone doesn't need placement as the first step, right. it helps us get them to the next best step. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I tell families that we offer a one-stop shop list of resources. Mm -hmm. Our ultimate goal is that we want families to stay at home for as long as possible because uh, that's the right thing. Absolutely. And it's so tough for a family and it's such an arduous process to do a move, right? So what we tell families, I think one of the biggest challenges actually is moving out of the house, right? Going through all the articles. And so what we tell families is that we have an estate sale person that we can refer them to, right? People that can help with packing, that can help with moving, that can help with the overall process. Because I think half the battle, quite honestly, is finding the appropriate living setting. But the other half of the battle revolves around the financial piece, the legal piece, the moving piece. So I, I think that is one of the critical um, benefits of utilizing a local placement company. Because I've ran into families that get a call from uh, a placement rep or advisor, excuse me, in San Antonio. And they asked me, they're like, well, what does the person in San Antonio know about the places in Fort Worth? And so that's what we tell families is that, like you alluded to, Cheryl, that we're on the ground, we're local, but we have those resources to help families. Mm -hmm. Great insight. How quickly does the average family need to move? What's the re realistic, realistic time between the first initial hello to welcome home? For us, I would tell you that we have two different kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. um, so we get a lot of referrals from folks that are in, unfortunately, rehab facilities and hospitals that usually need to move. It could be within that same week. Um, and then the second category that we help families with are people that are planning. So it could be three months, it could be six months, it could be a year, it could be two years. 
So what I tell families is even if they are far out, it's still beneficial to consult and meet with them to help them get a plan in place. Make sure their legal documents are in place. Make sure their financial documents are in place, but also discuss things with their family, right? A lot of people have their, their legal documents in the safety deposit box. And as we know, being in the industry, an emergency typically happens on Saturday night. Always. <laughs> so what happens, right, if somebody unfortunately gets admitted to the hospital? So what we tell families is it's best to be proactive. Nobody wants to think about going through the senior care or senior living maze. And I think that's the biggest challenge with a lot of families is actually picking up the phone and actually calling. So when should families start the process? So when should families? I think what is best, it depends on the situation, right? So, you know, I do think, for example, if, you, if you're seeing something troubling, if you see one episode, um, but also if you're getting some, perhaps a sign from your physician, right? So what I tell families is it's much easier for a non-biased third-party resource, such as a physician, such as an attorney to deliver bad news, for example, it's bad news to a senior to have somebody come in their home, mm -hmm. right? So it makes it much more, makes it much more easier. Um, so our answer is that we would rather have those conversations sooner rather than later. One of the, I feel like the pad phrases in the industry is, you know, to these families, don't wait to have to make a decision in the middle of a crisis. Right. Let's prepare ahead of time because having to be forced to make a decision quickly for such a major life event, like a move, yeah. is so stressful. Sure. And people, I mean, the three of us get phone calls every day. Everybody's in crisis mode. And, Everyone. And it has to be done right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's not a good good place to be in when you have to make a really big decision. And yeah. I think coming out of COVID, um, I mean, the 14 years that we've been doing this, this is the busiest we've ever been. And before, I think, COVID, it was tough to find a place that was full or had a wait list. Now, a lot of places have wait lists. I was going to say, that's a big, that's mm -hmm. so common now to even, you might have a great place for someone, but many times it's full, they're full. Yeah. I'm finding families are planning ahead and they're like, we're not mm -hmm. ready for a move. Put us on the wait list. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I like that. And that's one of the benefits I tell families of putting your name on the wait list because at least you'll be number one or number two. Um, and if you're not ready, all you have to do is tell the person, Slide keep me down. on the wait list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great idea. How do you know which senior living environment is right for your client? There's so many factors. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about the big ones first, which is what are the uh, what are the finances? What's the location? Is that important to you? Um, what is the care level need? To me, the care level and what the needs are is huge. So you don't end up recommending a place that maybe is not a good fit for that care level. There's some tasks that are needed with certain people, whether it's they have a feeding tube or uh, need insulin. And so they may think we need an assisted living, but they don't know the um, requirements or parameters around assisted living. So to find a good match, I think it's so important to really know your client mm -hmm. and what their health is. And then you can have two or three great communities. It's a feeling of the family. You walk in and one community may be wonderful, but for them, it's just not a fit. Right. So it's also about some abstract, ambiguous, you know, things for them to look at. And that's why it's so important for them to get in. We even recommend that, you know, after maybe the children, adult children have gone and seen some places. Well, t mom and dad can't go through a whole tour. Take them back and ask the 
director of marketing to just give a short tour and, and a meal right? so they can try the food. So mm -hmm. it's just this process. It's human nature. We know when we're home. Yes. And they just know. They know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I think it's... Um, what I tell families is that it's not a locator kind of service, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you think of this place? You know, your neighbor could have different needs than what your parents needs, right? Mm -hmm. So just like Cheryl alluded to, you know, we go through that detailed assessment, understanding geography, financial, what did they do for a career, right? Mm -hmm. What is their, what are their hobbies? We always ask what will put a smile on their loved one's face, right? And it's not family. I don't want to hear family. I want to hear something that really means something to them. So we base the personality of the potential person that we're helping. Mm -hmm. um, also, a big thing that we ask is the socialization. Is the socialization component important? Because um, my personal opinion is if you're not interested or would benefit from the amenities of a building, you should absolutely be in a care home. Um, and a lot of families don't know about the benefits about a care home. Yeah. And so every family that we talk to, we educate them on what a care home is. And most people don't know what it is because they've only seen stories on the news about boarding homes. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, what we tell families is it's really the education piece. And, but it's, you know, I think one of the benefits of using a local placement company is that they know what's going on right now, right? Not six months ago, not three years ago, um, but also not just basing it off Google reviews um, because we've caught some communities doing their own five-star Google reviews. On that note, really? 100%. Wow. Are all senior communities licensed, and how does your company vet each community? Paul? Sure. Yeah, so um, with respect to buildings, the answer is yes, right? So there's di there's different kind of license that each building has. Most of the buildings are going to be type B license, whereas probably 1% of the buildings might be type A. Um, and so type A is a building where you can't necessarily age in place. Um, so you want to talk about the sure. difference? Yeah, so it means that you have to be able to evacuate the building yeah. within 13 minutes is what mm -hmm. it means. Um, and then also care homes. Most care homes are going to be type B licensed, right? There could be one or two type A. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also something called a type C license that can handle more of like the detailed kind of care needs. There aren't many type C care home licenses out there. Um, but the other thing is families should be prudent about is to make sure that they um, – corroborate the licensing that the care home has because there are some care homes that are not licensed um, so it's ma it's making sure um, to in ensure that they have the correct licensing and updated licensing Cheryl if a couple wants to stay together but they have different care needs how do you address that can they still cohabitate mm -hmm. there are some options but just like Paul said earlier it is a case it's a case-by-case -case basis um, you might have a couple where, uh, one needs memory care and um, needs that secure setting. The spouse wants to stay with them and live with them, but the spouse is healthy, cognitively high functioning. And so we really, again, wear that advising role and we'll find a place that might accommodate that request, but let that spouse really see what their life would look like. Because while we certainly can't say, this is right or this is wrong for you. We right. want that spouse to know your your peers, your need for socialization, if you move into a memory care, is not going to be met. Those needs are not going to be met. Mm -hmm. um, but there are many places that are perfect opportunities in an assisted living or even in a residential homes like in a master suite mm -hmm. where they've got their own room and bathroom and they're perfect settings where that spouse has got all the care they need. 
um, but the healthy spouse is there to continue to live life with them. We had a couple living in one of our care homes and she had extremely high care needs and he had a car and would go to the gym and poker and all that, you know, and so it worked. It worked. Mm -hmm. Um, What qualifications are necessary to become a senior living advisor and what is the typical day in the life of Paul Markowitz? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good good question. So um, there actually are no qualifications needed to be a senior living advisor. Um, I got in this industry because of personal experience. My mom, unfortunately, got diagnosed with early onset of dementia at the age of 59. I was an economics major in college. I did mergers and acquisitions and consulting out of college and I saw the need for developing a local kind of company to help families. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, I think what it what it truly comes down to, it's not a degree, it's not the letters after your name, it's actually having that heart, which is the big deal. Um, and I think it's helping consumers, um, I think it comes down to ethics. Um, so to answer your question, what a typical day is like, there's no typical day. That's the cool thing about being in this industry. Um, you know, there are families that, you know, will call us in crisis, planning ahead. There's a family that just might need um, an elder law attorney, right? So, but a typical day for us is more of talking to families, helping families, guiding them, guiding them after they've moved in properties, right? So we tell families to call us if they need any kind of resources or if they don't feel comfortable first going to the place if they have a question, come back to us. Um, so, you know, a typical day is, you know, basically just talking with families, um, you know, meeting with people in the community and just trying to help as many people as we can. Right. I usually, I mean, we talk about how this is a way of life, right? For all of us mm-hmm. in this industry, it really is. It's not just a job because people's needs in this generation aren't from eight to five, Monday to Friday. So it is a way of, that we all live life. Um, so when you're looking for an advisor, I mean, to me, the two, one, two, two top qualities that someone needs or skills are be able to actively listen because you're really hearing these family stories, right? And you're, you're picking up as they're telling you all these different things and already know, you already kind of know how you're going to direct them, right? So listening skills and patience. If somebody is trying to just play someone or close a sale, if you will, that is the, you're in the wrong industry, right? Right, Because you're still, again, if we do our job well, someone is moving only once and we have found a really good fit and done our due diligence. So while I think that there's not anything that's required, um, and I think you probably would agree, our team looks so different. Some of us have been in home care Mm -hmm. and memory care communities. Some have been in hospitals and have worked in the medical field in healthcare. Um, Most are senior uh, uh, service advisors, certified senior advisors, where that's just taking extra steps to continue to educate yourself. So what makes a good team overall is probably the picture of your whole company. Just right. all kind of comes together. Diversity. Yeah. Uh-huh, with diversity. Right. And I, it, it, we have to mention, it is the most gratifying profession of all. Time. Oh. This is, this is it. At the end of the day. Yeah. Right. You know For sure. Help someone. What do you want families to know about working with people in your industry that I haven't already asked you? What I think... I think, unfortunately, the placement industry has a very bad reputation um, because there are national companies that do this. Um, And I think the national companies that do this, they might not have vetted the properties enough. Um, But also what I've just heard from families is that their contact information could be released to 10, 15 or 20 places. And they're still getting phone calls from places. 
Um, so I think it's very um, it's very important for that consumer to make the right decision and hopefully use a local um, person um, that they can trust, which I think is key. I think I just piggyback onto that and correct me if I'm wrong, but we'll get calls from people who've maybe reached out to a national placement company. They've been given 10, 15, 20 names and they've started down the list yep. and they're exhausted and overwhelmed. And, you know, we always say up front, are you working with someone else? Like we want to be respectful of other people in the industry. Mm -hmm. So let us know. But that also helps us know, have they already gone online and do they have all these places to call? So I do think it gives placement a bad rap sometimes yeah. because then if we're going to do the right thing, many times we'll take those families and still help lead them where they need to go yeah. just because it's the right thing to do. Um, but that makes it really tough to navigate. With some companies, it is a numbers game. They're hedging their bets. Mm -hmm. Being in my position, I get phone calls all day, every day from families that both of y'all are working with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, pick one. You know, they, you know, you'll send them three properties, you'll send them three properties, and they'll do their own homework. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess the best advice to families is pick a company, pick, a, pick an advisor, and trust. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And I think I would just, the only other thing I would add on to that is, even in the industry, in some in some aspects, it's good to give two or two or three companies as referrals and say we really trust these two or three companies. Mm -hmm. Go do pricing. Go figure out who's best. In placement, I feel like that's really tough because our families. This is a free service to our families. We really don't need to have a conversation with them about how we earn our living, and many right. of them are in crisis enough. They're not even thinking that right? right to me referring to people to places almost causes to us to have to explain you know if paul's working with you and he's referring the same ones that i am this isn't like we're giving you more options right because mm -hmm. they're thinking oh more people looking right more options that i can work through they're not seeing oh, that's going to be causing an issue for these two people recommending the same places because we're probably thinking the same places are a fit. Right, and it's not their world, no. so they don't know. So right. in this, you're right, in this particular line of work that we do, one, working with one company and stressing that even to our network partners, I think is really important. Absolutely. Also, I'd like you to elaborate on how y'all are compensated. You mentioned it, but I think it's important for people to know it is a free service. Yes, it's a complimentary service to... Um, to people who are looking, and it can be complimentary because our our salary, if you will, comes from the communities when someone has been in a community for 30 days and it's a good fit, mm -hmm. then that community, we have contracts with residential homes and communities, and then they pay us commission. Right. And it's important to know all the facilities, the care homes, the ALs, the ALs, everybody you work with, we pay you all the same rate. So exactly. families will say to me, well, I don't know if you're going to pay this um, advisor more than, no, it, it's a flat rate, right. every move. Right. Mm-hmm. Very important. Absolutely. Do you have anything to add to that? Today? No, absolutely. Okay. Fair playing field. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Mm -hmm. This is great. Good information. All right. On to the nugget portion of the show. A viewer sent me this wonderful cartoon, and I had to feature it today. It says, one day, son, all this will be yours. And, of course, the takeaway is you can't take it with you. I love it. All right. An opportunity for viewers to get to know you guys on a personal basis, non-clinical, non-industry. Paul, where were you born and raised? I was born in Houston and raised in Dallas. Cheryl. Oklahoma City. College and degree. Indiana University. Go Hoosiers. 
<laughs> economics. Nice. Oklahoma State, go Cowboys. <laughs> Speech communication. Can you write in cursive? Yes, but my handwriting is absolutely terrible. Can you Same. <laughs> Paul, have you ever lived abroad? I lived in Florence, Italy in college for five months. Best cool. semester of my life. Cool. No, I wish. <laughs> um, Paul, night owl or early bird special? Combo. Depends what Aaliyah wants. <laughs> Cheryl. <laughs> night owl. Night owl. Mm -hmm. Paul, ever had major surgery? I have. Cheryl? None that I'm going to tell you about. All right. Favorite candy? Butterfinger. Twix. Okay. Mountains or beach? <laughs> Mountains. Beach. Athletic or a spectator? Athletic. Cheryl? Oh, spectator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Paul, iPhone or Android? iPhone. iPhone. Okay, don't yell. <laughs> Karaoke, <laughs> yes or no? Yeah, depends on how many drinks I've had. In private. <laughs> <laughs> Thrill seeker? Somewhat. Somewhat. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, are you a good secret keeper? Yeah, definitely. Yes. In this yes. industry, you have to. You have yes. to, right? You do. All right, proudest career accomplishment? Taken, what I tell people is that I found good through a bad situation with my mom. Beautiful. So building the legacy. Beautiful. Mm. Mine is, I have to say, raising four children. There is no better career than that, nor tough, you know, right? journey. That is the um, and ending up in senior living, being able to help families is huge. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you both for sharing. Um, Y'all are incredible experts in this field, and I appreciate you being on the show today. I'm going to flash up your... Um, your email addresses for viewers if they want to pause and reach out to y'all directly to ask further questions. So I appreciate you being on the show. Um, if uh, I, I, I do want to mention, if you're interested to hear about this process from a family's perspective, we had two families, um, Manchester residents, um, on the show last week. So you can find that on the website or uh, this episode and that episode on YouTube, Facebook, um, iTunes, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Just search Manchester Living Podcast. Thanks for watching today. If there's ever anything I can do for you, feel free to reach out directly.